Is your content good? Do people want to read it? And if that's true, it doesn't matter who wrote it. It doesn't matter if an AI tool wrote it or if you wrote it. If the content is good, you will show up on Google. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the X agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 57, and today we're chatting about the seemingly new world of AI and how it can work for you in your business. I have been very excited to talk about this. I feel like we talk about this all the time with our clients and with our group coaching students and inside our membership. We are constantly talking about the world of AI and how to leverage it. It's like blowing up everywhere, and I feel like people are either, one, scared of it, or two, like embracing it. Yeah, yeah. I think it kind of goes either way. Or like people have mixed feelings too. I think they want to embrace it, but they're also scared of it. So they're because they're scared of it, they don't want to embrace it, but they know that it could benefit their business in different ways. So it's just this kind of funny thing Mm -hmm. that people aren't totally sure of it's just kind of like the unknown a little bit anytime I think of AI I always think of the movie iRobot yeah (laughs) right I know I know well it's like this futuristic like thing and there's been so many horror movies on it where people are like ah it's taking over (laughs) yeah Yeah. robots are gonna be smarter so yeah which is not the case um but I think we can kind of just start by talking about like what AI is anyways Um, and it's actually not new. So I think that's the other thing is like a lot of people feel like it's very new right now and it's very not new. It's just certain tools are new. So, um, AI stands for artificial intelligence and it's basically the simulation of human intelligence that is processed by machines, which sounds super technical. AKA (laughs) AKA iRobot. Yeah. Um, basically it's a model that makes your machine like your computer, your phone, whatever you're using a tool capable of performing a task that would typically otherwise require a human. So this is another reason why I think people are scared is because they're thinking it's going to take my job, which it's not. It like, we will get there. We'll talk about it, but it is not going to take your job. What it's a tool. that design example you sent me the other day? Isn't there oh. like... You showed me that, or it was a reel or something that we watched and some lady like typed in, make this logo for me. Can Canva. Yeah. Was it Canva? Yep. I think it was Canva. Okay. So there's, a, or maybe it was a different tool, but there's a few tools out there where like you can visually, like you can tell it to do branding for you, which mm-hmm. was like absolute crap. Like <laughs> everything it created, it was like, nope, nope. You have no idea what fonts work, what colors work. The hierarchy. Of yeah. Things, the like... passion and all the things behind the business, which is the same thing goes when you're like asking this tool to write you a blog post. It's not, you need to train it. Like you yeah. need to train it. And it's a tool that can help you if you can be an efficient teacher, really. Um, but still the brain and knowledge requires you. So this also like just First things first, this isn't new. Um, 
the very first, I looked it up because I was curious, the very first AI program was actually built in 1951, which is a very long time ago. <laughs> and you also likely use AI every day. So think of Siri, Alexa, Google. We use these tools every day. Um, you likely have encountered customer service bots where you talk to them, you either love or you hate it, but you've experienced those in almost every business where you interact. Um, cars, self-driving cars, park assist, all of that kind of stuff that is being incorporated into our everyday life is AI. It's all things that are being, it's a machine model. You're not talking to a human and that's what makes it AI. So, um, I know a lot of people are becoming concerned with it now because of a new tool that came out, which is ChatGPT. What is ChatGPT, Abby? <laughs> right. So this launched last November. So it's you've likely heard it before. Um, if you haven't heard about it, it's an AI chatbot that's now open to the public. It's completely free. And you can ask it any questions. You can ask advice. You can ask it to do a task. And it will conversationally assist you like a human would. Um, that's the whole point of it. It's not meant to just serve you a bunch of data without any like human personality behind it. It's kind of meant to be this human interaction. So when you ask it a question, it doesn't just blurt out the answer. It always will say something like, certainly I would love to help you with that. Like it will conversationally respond to you. Like you're talking to a human. So, um, just kind of the same way that Siri, Alexa, mm -hmm. and Google work yeah. too. They talk to you as if they're a human as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just this yeah. robot, essentially. They try to humanize it. Oh, yeah. And you ask them silly questions and they can be sarcastic yeah. and silly back. Like, yep. yeah, the tools. And also, you have to remember too that these tools and these models were also built by humans. Like, humans built yes. them. So, they, of course, are going to like rope in the funny quirky things because that's life like that's how people want to inter interact we don't want to interact with robots <laughs> so um basically when this launched it was a huge deal and people are talking about it everywhere it's all over the place and the reason why is two things one it was and it still is free so it launched completely free anyone can use it anywhere um, which I'm going to talk about in a second because it's honestly like the most genius marketing strategy I think any big business like that can do. And two, it's not Google. So everyone was kind of like, oh my gosh, this new tool is not owned by Google. It's launching. Anyone can use it. It can replace Google in some insta instances. And Google instantly raised like a code red which is like a big deal for them. Like that's a big deal that someone is like invading into their territory. And Google does have their own version that they're working on. It's called Bard, but it's not launched yet. They're, because they are a very big company, like they are going to take their time. They're going to launch. It's going to be perfect. Like that's they what they do. do it right. They have to do it right. So ChatGPT did it fast. And ChatGPT is actually already integrated with Bing. So if you pop over to Bing, you can actually use it within their own search engine, which is crazy because Bing is still, I mean, there's still a lot, a lot of users that use Bing. And if you own like a Microsoft or Dell computer, like those Bing is going to be the search engine that pops up. And a lot of people don't change to Chrome or to something else. So um, it's still a very big system. And I think a lot of people could go bounce over and try using Bing in the meantime, just because of the interaction. So it's worth taking a look at because it's over there right now. But really this whole, 
the whole like launch of ChatGPT is just such a genius marketing strategy for them because it got the tool into the hands of users. It was a good tool. So it wasn't like this influx of people being frustrated. And they also launched it with the expectation of, hey, this isn't going to be perfect. We need your help. Like give us feedback on like whether this answer served you. And because they launched in that way, people were way more receptive to it not being perfect. And people just started using it and they're getting hooked on it. And eventually this probably isn't going to be free or there will be added benefits to pay for a higher level plan. And honestly, that's like, that's huge. Like that's just a marketing strategy in and of itself. The fact that they got it out there, they got it into people's hands, people are using it and there already is a level up. Like you could already level up and pay more for the next level of ChatGPT. And that'll just continue to grow and yeah, evolve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are some of ChatGPT's limitations then? So there's a handful of limitations. We'll talk about a few other tools as well, what other um, AI tools are out there because ChatGPT is not the only one. So, um, but it is one of the only ones that is like completely free and that's why people were going crazy for it. So there's a few limitations. One of them is bias. So it's built by humans. There is going to be a bias represented in it. So because of that, like your answers could be skewed. It might not take into account all of the other things happening in the world. Um, like culturally, if there's any like issues there, like ChatGPT could really offend someone. So it's not like that bias language is something that they just admit wholly that they're like, we don't have this capability yet. Um, that's one. The next one is like a limited understanding of context. So this tool works by processing every word you write. It doesn't take in your whole sentence. So the context of how you write the sentence can be misunderstood because it's looking word by word. So sometimes you might realize that you ask it a question, it didn't answer you correctly. So you need to reword your question and ask it in a different way. So it's learnings on both ends. You need to like adjust based on the content that you want to get back. The next issue is its inability to reason. So it is not going to understand a super complex topic. You're not going to have like a, what is the meaning of life kind of conversation. <laughs> like it is something, it's not your therapist. Yeah, no, it is not your therapist. It is going to spit out an answer for you and the best ability that it has, but it's not going to like have this deep thought in, included into it. That's mm -hmm. just not a thing. Mm -hmm. It's a machine. Um, it's also limited. The amount of knowledge that it has is limited. So right now it can only fetch data prior to the year 2021. So if you want to ask it something about Rihanna's Super Bowl performance, it is not going to know. <laughs> so it is not going to be relevant to day-to-day -day events that are happening. The knowledge that it has is based in 2021. And then finally, it has an inability to learn from experience. So this is where it differs from iRobot because machines are not learning with every single step and becoming smarter and smarter than you. It's not going to overpower you. That's not how this works. So um, that's just something that I feel like the horror movies have totally like it's misconstrued. Like your nightmares can yeah. go away. It's not going to take over. It's not real life. Um, and also, if you are curious, when, as we were prepping for this content, I asked ChatGP, 
chat GPT what their limitations were. And this is what it told me. So um, this is something where obviously I then go back and make sure that all of this is valid, but you can really use this tool in so many different ways. And it helps us a ton when we are like creating content, outlining blog posts, using it for different pieces of our business, which we'll talk about in terms of how we use it. But all of these answers about the limitations of ChatGPT came from ChatGPT themselves. Genius. <laughs> um, so what does Google say about ChatGPT and AI-created content? So this is very new because there's been a lot of articles circulating out there um, just asking, like, Google is going to firewall you. You will be like, you know, unindexed by Google because you're using an AI tool to write content. Um, there's going to be a watermark, like that was a big thing for a little bit. There's going to be a watermark on the content, which still might be um, a thing and is still being could be implemented. But that watermark is going to make it so that your content doesn't show up on Google. Like there's so many things that people are saying. And finally, I think Google just was like, okay, we need to make like a general statement about this and we'll link this in our show notes so that you can see it. But Google finally came out and answered all of your questions about what's going to happen if I create AI content on my website using a tool like ChatGPT, will my content still show up on search? And the answer is yes. Um, using AI content doesn't give you any special gains. It also doesn't give you any like bad gains of like, oh, all of a sudden I'm not going to show up. It's really a tool. So if you create content that is useful, helpful, it's original, and it satisfies the whole aspect of Google's Eat, which if you don't know what that is, that means your content needs to have showcase experience, expertise, authority, and trust. And if your content can do all of these things, Meaning in short, like just remove all those words from your brain. And if short, is your content good? If is your content good, do people want to read it? And if that's true, it doesn't matter who wrote it. It doesn't matter if an AI tool wrote it or if you wrote it. If the content is good, you will show up on Google. So that's all you need to know about that. And Google has said that themselves. So they came out with uh, answering all of like your most asked questions about these tools. And we'll make sure to link that whole article in our show notes. So I'm not going to lie. I haven't read that yet, but does Google, this might be a dumb question too, but does Google know <laughs> when it's um, something that you've taken from, you know, an AI like chat GPT versus if you've written it, can Google determine so that, that in the back end? So that's where the whole, yes, it can, because there's ways that things are written that can be identified as machine learning, but not if you change the content. If you change anything within the content, likely no. Um, sometimes people have said, okay, you can do it in one AI tool and then have another AI tool rewrite it for you. And then all of a sudden you can't tell what, if it was written by AI. I think that's like over, it's overkill. Like you don't need, you don't need to hide it. Again, if you're creating good content, you're creating good content and you're not just creating it, publishing it without reading it. Like, and if you are, don't oh, do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. If you are, don't do that anymore. But, um, that's where the watermarking comes into play. I don't know if that's actually like live or not, but they are talking about watermarking for like trademarking purposes. Like think of everything for like 
school, like writing essays and articles. Like, can you imagine having this tool as a high school student to be like, write me a history article on like this famous person or whatever. And all of a sudden you have this tool literally doing your job for you. Like I would love to use this tool if I was a high school student. So that's something where like the watermark is coming into play for that um, because it's, you know, a form of cheating, I suppose. (laughs) So there's so many reasons why like it would make sense, but there's no reason you should be scared of the watermark because it's just me- it's meant as a form of transparency, like yeah. to let you know. And if you're creating and modifying the content and really using the tool as a tool and not just like outsourcing it 100% to the tool, then you'll be fine. So what other AI tools are out there other than ChatGPT? There's a ton like a lot um you can just google your little heart out on this but we'll include a few more alternatives than the ones that i'll cover on here right now but the one of the most well-known ones is jasper uh this is super well known but it's also super expensive if you want to get all of the benefits of seo writing out of it their packages can get a little bit pricier but it is best known for creating content like blog content long form content and that's kind of what jasper is known for Another one is called ChatSonic. This one is actually powered by Google search and it has relevant data. So ChatGPT's limitation of only having data past 2021, this one doesn't have that limitation. It also has 16 different personas and it can generate images, not just text. And you can also use voice commands. So you can speak to it in a voice telling it to create you an image of X, Y, and Z, and it will translate your voice into an image. And all of that kind of like capability is not, it's not happening on ChatGPT right now. It's limited only to text. Text to text is the only thing that you can do on that one. So ChatSonic is a little further along than that. And that one right now is free up to a certain word count. So you can definitely go experiment and try it out for yourself. And then UChat is another one that we've just recently been playing around with. They actually have different tabs. So you can pop into UCode, UWrite to give you content related to what you're looking for. So if you need a piece of code to implement into your website to update something, you can ask it to write the code for you, which is kind of crazy, especially for people who are like web designers and like just need to implement a small piece of code to like imitate different design elements or adds some functionality into their website. It really is kind of changing the game in terms of like, do I need to hire a developer or can I kind of do this myself with AI? Um, The other tab you write is more specific to content. I've used that one in comparison with ChatGPT. I do think ChatGPT is a little bit better, but it also depends on like how, how specific you get with its content. Um, Another one that we use a lot is Ubersuggest. They have a new section in under AI writing under labs. If you use Ubersuggest, which is one of our favorite tools when doing SEO research, and you can actually do AI writing specific to SEO details. So you can have it write you your SEO title, your meta description, your alt text, your headline. You can have it write whatever you want it to write for you and go into like that specific detail. So we've been using this a lot for meta descriptions specifically 
And it's really cool because we'll write our own SEO title. We'll outline the keyword that we're writing for. And just by implementing those two things, Uber suggests spits out three different meta description options. Usually one of them will just need to be tweaked a little bit and then work perfectly, or I'll combine two of them. But either way, it gives you three options right off the bat. If you don't like them, you can regenerate it. But um, the tool is super helpful to help just like write out meta descriptions and stuff like that. So all of these kind of sound like they have like a few things that are different from the other one. Do you particularly have one that you like best or you like them all kind of for different reasons? Different reasons. Right now, the biggest ones that I use, Uber suggests I use for meta descriptions like religiously. I use that all the time. Um, I think it is really well done. And also this... We're planning on doing a whole episode talking about SEO titles and meta descriptions pretty soon, but um, meta descriptions in particular are not ranking factors. So it is not something where if you don't use keywords in there, like it's going to hinder where you rank on Google. It should be written and it should be done well to like describe the context of the article, but index it's not used to help index your content so it kind of takes the stress off from an seo perspective and by using an ai tool to help you complete the task but also write it well is just a huge time saver especially if you have tons of products tons of blog posts that all need to be updated that can really be helpful so that's one of my favorites otherwise i typically always go to chat gpt out of pure habit than anything else um, but I do like experimenting like the, um, what was the one, the you, you chat that one I just found last week. So I kind of experimented with that and I, we really don't use code at all. No, I just no. thought that was super interesting yeah. and I definitely will try it when there does need to be like a piece of code implemented. Like, I think that would be really interesting to test out. So if anyone out there tests that out, let us know. Yes, definitely. So back to our friends at Google, do you think chat GPT will take over Google and is Google a little too late here? Probably not. I mean, Google owns like 90% plus of the Internet. search industry. <laughs> yeah, like they're so big that I really think it's going to take more than this for them to be overshadowed. Like it's good for them to have a little competition. <laughs> like, absolutely. Um, but I think it's something where we did a little bit of research to see like, who has the most indexed content? So when we say index, it means how much content does Google and Bing know about that lives on the internet? Because we talk about this all the time. If you have a website, it does not mean your website is automatically in the filing system, indexed, whatever you want to call it for Google, for Bing. You have to do some work to make sure that Google knows about it. So who knows between Google and Bing, who knows about more online content? And the answer is actually Bing. Bing indexes more content than Google. So likely the more data that you have, the better an AI integration is gonna work, right? Because you have more things to sift through, more data to understand, and you can deliver the best answer. However, is the data good? Like more doesn't always mean better. So we know that Google is super picky about what it indexes. And sometimes I work with our clients and I'm talking to them about like indexing content and we discover that a certain piece of content isn't being indexed by Google and we don't know why. And we have to work harder to make that content better so that Google indexes it. So Google is picky and Bing might not be as picky, which means Bing might not have 
a high quality amount of content that Google has. So it's really just one of those things that we'll just kind of have to like wait and see what happens, especially when Google launches their own version of ChatGPT, which is called Bard, and just kind of see see what happens because first doesn't always mean better. Just because ChatGPT got here first doesn't mean that Google isn't going to completely take away their share. So they have to work hard to like stay competitive for sure. Yeah, which is good for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any sort of idea when Bard will launch? Do you know where they're at in the process? No, I've been trying to like Google it. I can't find anything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they are launching AI features constantly. So like if you have a Google phone and you use, which you don't even need a Google phone, you just need Google apps. But um, the lens feature, if you've ever experimented with that, that feature is... um, you can actually just take a picture of something or hold your phone like live on a video and you can search in the screen. So I've used it for random things like in like I want to plant this garden, this flower in my garden, and I don't know what the plant is called. I'll just take a picture of it and search within the lens to see like, okay, what kind of flower is this? Like, I, do I don't know. All the time mm-hmm. for flowers. I love All that. the time. Yeah. And then it will tell you. And then I'm like, sweet. Okay. I'm going to get that flower and add it to my garden next year. Um, so like, that's just, that's an AI tool right there. So like there is AI implemented into Google search all the time. Um, You can now do that with an additional layer. So say I see a coffee table and I really like it and it's circular. I want my, I want that same table, but I want it to be square. I take a picture of the table. I'll add the text square to it. And then Google is smart enough to combine the two of those things and blurt you out examples of tables that look like that, that are square, which is impressive. Like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. a really powerful thing and like just opens up the world to help you find, like it's more opportunities as a business owner for people to find you, which is amazing because people can get more specific in what they're looking for. As long as you know, as a business owner, specifically what you're putting out into the world, right? Because otherwise they won't be able to find you. But um, yeah, it's just, they have different tools, different resources, all leveraging AI that are being spit out, but not the same search model experience. And I'm not sure, I'm assuming it'll launch soon. I'm sure it's hush hush. Like who knows it could launch right. tomorrow. And by the time this airs, it's already live. Right. But. <laughs> yeah. We never, you never know. I know. So let's talk to our users about how we use AI in our own business. Yeah. So I've talked about this a little, but I use chat GPT to help come up with podcast titles and descriptions. So I like to use that and just experiment. And when I use the tool, I don't just ask the question, I give it barriers. So I say, Hey, please come up with 10 different podcast titles for me using these keywords. And like that's, specificity, such a hard word to say, um, is something that helps produce better content. Because if you just say, give me a podcast title for uh, ChatGPT or AI, it's just going to spit you out one answer. The context of it might not make sense. Like you need to be uber specific in what you want it to give you, and then it will give you quality content back. And sometimes I'll do it and I'll realize after the fact, like, wow, I was way too vague because these answers suck. (laughs) And then (laughs) re-ask the question in a different way. So give it barriers, ask it for multiple options, because usually you'll start to like it a little bit better. So podcast titles, meta descriptions, as I talked about, email subject lines, that can be kind of a fun one. I don't know why, like my brain struggles with those. So honestly, anything that I kind of struggle with or spend too much time thinking of, 
I'll just pop over to ChatGPT to see if it can help me because sometimes all you need is a starting point and then you have your idea of like, perfect, now I have a jumping off point to like start to write from. When you do it for the email subject lines, do you say, give me email subject lines for blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. topic? So you actually spell out like that you need email subject lines. That's what you're looking Mm -hmm. for. And then, okay. Yep. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll even say like, I'll say a keyword or I'll say, give me alternate titles for this because I wrote a title, but I hate it. And I want it just to rework it for me, which is actually like a really powerful thing to do because it can be better about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one blog outlines. So I do not use the tool to write a complete blog post because you are going to get crap like outputted like absolute crap and try it just to like see what happens but I will chunk it out so I'll use it in different ways well I'll say write me an introduction paragraph for a blog post of this title using this SEO keyword and then it will spit me out an introduction that I can then finesse and update. And then I'll have it do it for each, each section. So maybe the very first thing you ask it if you're creating a blog is to outline your blog post. It'll outline your blog post. You can decide which chunks you want to keep and which you don't. You can add in new and then you can break each of those details out. So then you take the first section of like, say I was doing one for this podcast right now. Um, in the very first section is what is artificial intelligence? I will then ask the tool to write me a paragraph for a blog post about what is artificial intelligence. And then you can even say things like use a witty personality overlay, like over the top of it. And it will add in like a personality change to like kind of help differentiate your content. So, and that's something too, where a lot of people worry about duplicated like, okay, if I ask that question and someone else asks that question, are mm-hmm. is it going to spit out the same thing? Yeah. And so all of a sudden I'm saying the same thing that someone else is. Yeah, there could definitely be similarities, but the tool is meant to be unique and different every time. So it's not going to be giving the same answer to everything. And the context of how you write it will definitely dictate how it delivers you. Because we said before, like it doesn't take into account the whole sentence. It's going word by word. And so you might be asking it a little bit differently than someone else, which is going to change up the answer. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to like have the answer come in and then you finesse it. You bring in your own personality. You bring in your own details. But that's kind of our favorite way to use it for blogging, not the whole blog. Because, right, right. Yeah. Just not going to be good. Yeah. I uh, dabbled in it just the other day, actually, for some brand messaging for a client. I reached out to Abby because I feel like I haven't dove into this quite as much as Abby has yet. And I feel like it's because I'm just a grandma and I'm like, what is this stuff? No, it's because I'm an SEO nerd. (laughs) So I asked Abby, um, we have like a breakdown of like um, personalities for brands in our brand messaging. And our client wanted to add a few other um, personality traits that the brand encompassed. And one of them, I can't even remember what some of them were, but I was like, what we do is like, we are energetic. We are not hyper. And so she had these um, additions to we are. And I was like, Abby, what are some we are nots for some of these words? And she's like, go to chat GPT. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, obviously. duh. So I ran over there and I typed in, um, you know, those words, like other words for energetic and, you know, things popped up and obviously hyper could be another word for energetic, but hyper can also mean something that's a little bit more than energetic, like, uh, like, like a negative, like, yeah, yeah, maybe too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So 
Um, yeah, dabbling in it for like brand messaging it mm-hmm. has been awesome. And then also social content ideas. I have not tapped into it for that yet, but I definitely need to because sometimes you just hit a brick wall on what to talk about. And obviously we can repurpose some things we've talked about in the past, but it would be nice to get new, fresh ideas too. And instead of sitting there spinning your wheels or turning mm-hmm. to Google... This chat with GPT is perfect for that. Yeah. And Canva actually has its own AI functionality. Um, We haven't dabbled in this, but yet we probably will. But you can duplicate, you can have it create you, like if you want it to be a carousel with a bunch of different steps, you can outline the steps and have it pick up a template that you already have built and it will create the whole carousel for you, which... Obviously, Courtney's going to revise it, but it's a starting point. It's a starting point. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tool. Yep. So um, those are kind of the ways that we've been using it in our business. There's so much more to explore, I think, than just those. We are just trying to – it's also something where I feel like you need to get into the habit of doing it because – like, just like Court said, like, what should I do for this? And my brain instantly was like, okay, let's try chat GPT. Like, it's hard to get out of your own way when you already have systems and processes in place and a new tool comes in that you can use because it can feel more overwhelming or stressful. But it's just trying to remember, okay, what is a way that maybe I can use it today in some way mm-hmm. that might help me? Because then all of a sudden it be- can become part of your process and it's not going to be like hindering you to like, oh, I need to set aside an hour one day to like work on this. Instead, just find spots throughout your day where you can actually leverage it. Because the more you use it, the more you'll realize, oh, I can use this for this it rather than it. actually like a super efficient, quick tool for me for that brand messaging mm-hmm. thing. Because yeah. normally I would jump over to Google. I would Google that word. I'd go to thesaurus.com. <laughs> I would look at other common words and you have to sift through all of those. Whereas this chat GPT just gave me like a list of 12, like immediately. I just looked through those and I was like, oh, this one's perfect. It mm-hmm. works great. So it, it, actually, yeah. it saved me time. Mm-hmm. It was super efficient. And you I just need like, to remember is... to use it. Right. Like that's the hardest yeah. part. And but maybe after having it's... that great experience the yeah. other day, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this all the time. Like I don't I have to bother Abby anymore. I'm just going to watch GPT. Yeah, it is definitely something that can be super powerful. So, um, so yeah, just give yourself... Give yourself time to try this out. Maybe like write it on a post-it note and just like put it next to your computer so that maybe it'll just be a reminder next time you're doing something to like, oh yeah, I'm struggling with this right now or I'm like hitting a blank wall and I need help like thinking of more content ideas or thinking of an email subject line and then you can just remember to turn to chat GPT and try it out. And then the final note that I want to say on this is that it's a tool. It is not a replacement for hiring a VA, an assistant, a customer service representative. Like it is not meant to be a replacement. It is meant to be a tool and you are still the brain. The tool in the output that it gives you is based on the quality of the input that you put in. So make sure that you remember that and that you remember that this tool is there to like help drive efficiencies, but it's not going to completely eliminate a person. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.